0: Merry Christmas, and welcome to Soul Ramblings Podcast. Hope your Christmas Eve is filled with joy and wonder, and we have a special edition of Soul Ramblings Podcast today. This is a special message called Bottom of the Barrel, and it's based on the first chapter of Matthew. Now, I'm not going to read all of the 17 verses, but this is a recent sermon for Christmas Eve called Bottom of the Barrel. Let's go over to the sanctuary at Manatee Life Church in Bradenton, Florida for today's message. Our scripture lesson for the morning comes to us from Matthew's Gospel, the first chapter. And we're going to pick out selected verses one through 17. We'll focus on verse 17. And you will see verses 1 through 17 quickly scroll across the screen because I did not want to read all the bagats to you. (laughs) Thank you. So, yes, I, I thought you might appreciate that. Although there are some nuggets in there we will hit on. So get ready for that. But it all culminates. Everything is summarized in verse 17, which says this. Hear the word of the Lord. So... There were 14 generations from Abraham to David, 14 generations from David to the exile to Babylon, and 14 generations from the exile to Babylon to the Christ. Amenity Life Church, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Good and gracious God, may the words of my mouth And the meditations of these, our hearts, be pleasing and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. It was a church who had this amazing ministry. It was aimed at helping more than 150 children living full-time in nearby extended-stay hotels. They had an after-school tutoring, mentoring, and feeding program. On Sundays, this church would use the church vans to pick up anywhere from 15 to 30 of the children for Sunday school and for worship. As the children got older, many of them became part of the youth group. It was wonderful, it was heart-wrenching, it was crazy, and it was miraculous all at the same time. There was one little boy in particular. His name was Jordan. And Jordan was a very bright, articulate, caring, a fantastic kid. He had been with this program from the very beginning of the ministry. He loved to come to church for any and every event because, in his words, it got him out of the hotel room, got him outside for a little while. His parents, though, never came to church, nor did any of the other parents, for that matter. Again, Jordan had everything going for him, but his but his mom was a was a chain smoker, and she never left the hotel room. So Jordan always smelled of stale cigarette smoke whenever he went out in public, and he was sweaty and dirty due to poor hygiene his mother did not care for him and of course many of the other children made fun of him because of this he was Jordan was truly truly brilliant a smart young man but for some reason he just would not try or apply himself in school he's a good looking kid He was always dirty, but he was a good-looking kid. Greasy hair, clothes didn't fit right. There was a leader that was talking to him one day about his life, about his future, what he had planned to do, and why it was, as brilliant and as smart as he was, did he not try in school. And what he said was heartbreaking. He just shrugged and he said, what does it matter? I won't be nothing. I'm just the bottom of the barrel. He truly lived without hope. For a 13-year-old boy to have no hope and to feel that way about himself is tragic. It's tragic. Because no one is the bottom of the barrel. No one won't be nothing, as he said. However, I read that, and it's heartbreaking, and I hear that, and it's heartbreaking. But then I have to realize that i felt that way about myself sometimes. I've often asked myself, who am I to speak for God? As recently as a couple of weeks ago, I sat down with RDS and I sat down with Pastor Jim in the same room and I said those words to both of them. Who am I to speak for God? This man's been in ministry uh, 54 53 years. 53 years. Who am I to speak for God? I'm aware of my weaknesses. I know my shortcomings. I know my unworthiness. I'm not better than others. Sometimes I feel less than. But I take comfort in knowing that I'm not alone in my feelings of insecurity because if we take time, which we are about to do, and look at the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew 1, we'll see many characters in the Bible fall into this category the first 17 verses in Matthew's gospel give us Jesus' family tree. And by doing this, Matthew is making a major theological statement here right from the very beginning. God is able to use extremely flawed human beings, extremely flawed, in order to carry out his goal, his purpose, his plan. None of this, by the way, was Pastor Jim's idea, it wasn't my idea, this was God's idea, the ministry of Manatee Life Church. Mm -hmm. But when we look at Jesus' family tree, we quickly come to the conclusion that it is anything other than a roll call for the institute of halos and hearts. Even his ancestors who are looked up to and revered have a tainted history. Don't believe me? Let's look at at verse 2 and 3. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Aram. Starts out with Abraham, who more than once, Lied like Pinocchio in order to (laughs) save his name. And it's been said that Abraham's grandson was slicker than a Las Vegas card shark. This guy cheated his brother. He cheated his uncle. His very name, Jacob, means cheater or trickster. But here he is in the list leading to Jesus. Jacob's son, Judah, was the father of Perez and Sarah. But do you know how he became their father? Do you know? By committing incest with Tamar, and she's on the list. Good grief. It's not surely not leading up to a pure line leading up to Jesus, is it? In the book of Revelation, Jesus is referred to as the lion of the tribe of Judah. But Judah was a hypocrite, an adulterer, and he and his brothers sold Joseph into slavery. What kind of people are we dealing with here? Let's look at verses 5 and 6. Solomon was the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz was the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of David, the king. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been the wife of Uriah. So, verse 6, we see that King David is in Jesus' family line. But King David had Uriah the Hittite killed because he wanted Uriah's wife Bathsheba for himself. So our wonderful King David that we look up to was an adulterer and a murderer. Verse 5, Solomon was the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab, Boaz the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Why does Matthew bother to say that Boaz's mother was Rahab? Why does he do that? Well, I don't know, but Rahab was a prostitute when she first entered the biblical story. Ruth was a foreigner, for crying out loud. She wasn't even Jewish. Let's go to verse 10. Verse 10. Uzziah was the father of Jotham. Jotham was the father of Ahaz. Ahaz was the father of Hezekiah. Manasseh makes the list. Even though this wicked king sacrificed his own son in the fire to Baal, the false god, and consulted mediums and spiritists, that sort of thing. Manasseh shed so much innocent blood that in 2 Kings, he's referred to as a terror to his people. God used a guy like that as a part of the history leading up to Jesus. Are you kidding me? A lot of the people on the list are kings. Almost half of these kings were crooks. And all but a handful worshipped another idol or two just for good measure. And so reads Jesus' family tree. Why do you suppose God used these people? I mean, he didn't have to. God could have just delivered Jesus from heaven by stork or some other method? It would have been much simpler that way. Why does God tell us these stories? Why does God use flawed humans, wicked people in the family line of Jesus Christ? Why does he do that? Could it be, could it be that God knows that you and I are flawed human beings as well. Sinful people. Maybe even feel as if we are the bottom of the barrel. Perhaps we think there's no hope for us. But Jesus' family tree here, Jesus' genealogy in Matthew 1, is a summary of nearly the entire Old Testament, capturing the stories of the patriarchs, the Israelites, slavery in Egypt, the exodus from Egypt to the promised land. Then we have the destruction of Israel and the exile of Judah. And finally, the return from that exile. And here's the point. Jesus' birth is the climax of the entire story of God's relationship human, with humankind. Jesus is the end to which the entire biblical story moves. If we look at verse 16 says, Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called the Christ. The last person mentioned in this passage before Jesus is who? Mary. Mary. A peasant girl. She had no rights. She had no political clout. And then finally, we end the list with Jesus. Period. That's it. No other names are mentioned. No other names are needed. It's as if God is announcing to us in this disparaging, discouraging, and sinful world we live in, see, I did it. I did it just like I promised I would. All of the Old Testament prophets, all of the prophecies that have been told, I did it. The plan has succeeded even though every person involved along the way was just as flawed, just as sinful as anyone else, it all led to the birth of the Savior of the world. I don't know about you. It may be just Beth and I, but, you know, has your life or your family ever been in a mess Maybe you feel like you're at the bottom of the barrel, won't accomplish much in life. Maybe you feel like you're just too messed up for God to ever use you. Been there, done that. Maybe you have skeletons in your closet. On the outside, you might look like you got it all together. Pastor Jim mentioned he's on Facebook. I am too i see I see Facebook posts of folks, and it's funny when I post on Facebook, I don't ever tell you the the bad stuff. I give you the highlight reel. so if you scroll down my Facebook page, oh, everything is unicorns and rainbows it's it's wonderful there are no problems there are no issues and then we start this dangerous thing of comparing ourselves to other people's highlight reels and I look at somebody else look how happy look how joyful look how peaceful look look at how great their life is and I'm struggling and I've got this issue and I'm struggling with this and I feel like I'm at the bottom of the barrel, and they're so much better than I am. No, 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 no. We, can, we cannot judge our status in the barrel based on somebody else's, comparing ourselves to somebody else's highlight reel because when we get to know them, we realize that not everything is unicorns and rainbows with them as well, right? Well, if you're in that group, if you're in that mindset of where I'm at the bottom of the barrel, I won't amount to much like Jordan did. God says to you this morning, welcome to the club. You're not alone. You're not a freak. You're not the bottom of the barrel. You are just the same as every person who has ever lived no better, no worse. During this time of Advent, this time of getting ready for Christmas, this is a very important thing to keep in the forefront of our minds. God, in Jesus Christ, took on our our DNA. He became one of us. He traveled the birth canal. He tasted the food we eat. He hung out with normal folks. He hung out with prostitutes, beggars, tax collectors, hypocritical religious people, drunks, lepers, lazy people, people like me, people like you. He felt the pain we feel. He was tempted in every way we are tempted. And although he was without sin, he's able to sympathize with our struggles with temptation and sin. He died the death that sin brings in order to set us free. His very name, Jesus, means our God saves. And that is the greatest news for you and for me and for every other sinful, broken, bottom-of-the-barrel person that's ever lived. Perhaps Jesus' family tree is here in Matthew 1 to prepare us for the unexpected way God works and to show us what God can do with our lives if we allow him, no matter who we are, where we are, or what we've done. Maybe someone sitting in this sanctuary or sitting in their living room watching us online right now may be feeling that way and in desperate need. Maybe someone is here lost, feeling like the bottom of the barrel. Maybe some of us are trying to put on a show and reveal our highlight reel. But on the inside, we're weeping, we're desperate, we're hurting, we're scared, we're sad. If this is you, Jesus is saying to you right now, here I am. I want to come into your life. I created you to be a part of my kingdom. I love you, and I've been searching for you my entire life, for your entire life. Is this you? Let's pray. Good and gracious God, we thank you for your love for sinners such as ourselves. We thank you that none of us Are the bottom of the barrel. Jesus, you came into the world to save us and save all of us and turn our lives into something good, useful, helpful, beautiful. During this season of Advent, oh God, help us to see who you are more clearly in the stories that surround your birth. And we thank you that as we come to our time of communion this morning, that you, Christ our Lord, invites to your table, your table, all who love you, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. And on the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving to you, O Lord, our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. And we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us. Amen. And now receive this benediction. You know, some people feel like they have nothing to offer, that they are the bottom of the barrel. If that's you, God's word for you today is this. Get up, stop looking at your limitations, and look instead at the power and faithfulness of the Christ who is calling you. In Him, there is no division. In Him, there are no classes. In Him, there is no bottom of the barrel you matter because you are a child of the king amen amen Amen. Amen. go in peace and that's bottom of the barrel our christmas eve special here on soul ramblings podcast be sure to join us tomorrow for a special christmas day edition of soul ramblings podcast make it part of your christmas activities if you would We'll have a special message prepare him room and of course it's based on the scripture from luke chapter 2 the nativity story the story of the birth of our savior or whose birthday we are celebrating tomorrow i hope you have a great christmas weekend merry christmas to you wherever you're listening right now would you do me a favor would you give me a christmas present would you click subscribe right now and you never miss a new episode going into 2023 of Soul Ramblings Podcast. Until tomorrow morning, Merry Christmas to you and yours from all of us, from Beth, myself, and the entire family at Manatee Life Church in Bradenton, Florida. Merry, Merry Christmas. Grace and peace.